Well, good morning for the second, second time. It doesn't count. I was behind the, the piano first. So good morning again. Also, if you have kids that are going to be uh, released to Kids Church, if you would place your hands on them and uh, we're going to pray a blessing and then we will release our children. And I have just a few brief announcements before we bring up Sidron to preach the word today. Lord, we thank you for our children. And in this moment, if not in the difficult moments of getting here to church, in this moment we recognize our kids are truly a blessing and a gift from you. And we thank you that you have placed us in a family of believers that cares deeply about the generations that have come before us and those that will come after us. And we pray that your hand would rest on our kids as they are released to go to Kids Church. Lord, would you open their minds to learn about you and would you open their hearts to receive from you and from one another. We pray that they would be blessed and that their teachers would be blessed in their going this morning. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Children, you are released to go next door. Right back here is where you will be finding Miss Rachel's arms. There we go. It is good to see you, friends. There are so many new faces over the last couple of weeks that I would like to just say a welcome. My name is Jonathan Swindle. I'm the executive and worship pastor here. Our senior pastors, Jade and Christy Duncan, are out of town for a brief weekend getaway. It has been quite a few months of a whirlwind here, guys. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we've only been a New Life church. We are New Life Midtown for this is our fourth Sunday, and there has been so much work that has gone into that, and we are still and probably increasingly excited. The more that I get into the family and learn about all that that means, the more excited I personally am being. Uh, but the Duncans are on a little bit of a getaway this weekend, and they'll be back, I believe, this afternoon. So uh, we have Sidron, who's going to be preaching here in just a couple of moments. But I would like to extend a welcome to any of you where maybe this is your first time or second or third time. We are working diligently to get on the calendar for sometime in late May or early June a welcome dinner, which is a time when we receive new members, new family members, those who are seeking, maybe not sure, uh, if this is the place that God might be calling them, or those who are like, we're in, we're ready to get plugged in. For all of the people under that umbrella, that spectrum, that's what a welcome dinner is for. And we're going to be having that in sometime between four and five weeks from now. So stay tuned if that is you, because I see so many new faces the last couple of weeks that that will be coming. But I have some definitive announcements that I'd like to give uh, this morning. The first... Um, I'm going to go reverse from first service, is we just finished our first round of table groups. How many of you in the room participated in our table groups for the months of January and February? Yeah, a lot of you. In first service, it was about half of the room. We've taken a break, obviously for COVID, but even a little bit before that, we started to take a break from our small groups. We wanted to revamp them, and we rebranded them as table groups because the emphasis of these groups is not on information sharing. It's on life sharing. And so we wanted to brand them for what we truly believe these groups are to be, and that is getting together in smaller groups in homes around tables praying together, sharing life with one another. And wow, that was close, guys. That, let me just thank you, Lord. That was close. Almost knocked over the holy sacraments here. 
but anyways, our second round of table groups are going to begin in May, and they will go May, June, and July. This week, the email will be coming out, and then it will be posted on our website. We have groups that will be meeting in person and on Zoom, and we have groups that will be meeting weekly or every other week. So we're trying to accommodate. We have some groups that will have childcare, some that will not, and they're meeting throughout the week. So hopefully there will be a group that every person can find their place in. That is our hope and our prayer. So that email will be coming out later this week. Also, this coming Saturday, this is really late notice, uh, but because of the merge and then because of Easter, we didn't have a... Pl- a t- we did not have time to figure out the schedule for what I'm about to tell you until previous this week, Pastor Jade and I sat down and were able to lock it in. So we know it's last minute, and with that apology, I want to extend an invitation to any of you who are interested in preaching or teaching in any capacity, on this stage or another stage, in your home, in a small group, one-on-one discipleship, if teaching or preaching, communicating the word is a passion and something that you feel like God is leading you into, or maybe you're already doing in some capacity, then I want to invite you this Saturday morning, six days from now, yes, 9 to 10.30 a.m., we have Dr. Chris Green, who will be preaching in service next Sunday, will be coming to do a seminar on communicating the word. So if that is you, there's no registration, there's also no childcare, just show up at 9 o'clock, 9 to 10.30, right here in this room, and be ready to learn from who I think is one of the most brilliant Bible teachers that I've ever heard, and I do not say that lightly. Last and perhaps most fun, Kindred. Come on now. Ellie Tonkins, thank you for waking up the room. Kindred is our women's ministry here at New Life Midtown, and our spring, well, I say our, I'm including myself, not because I'm confused, but because it's really difficult to speak about them, so I'm just going to include myself for the sake of the announcement. But our women's ministry here at New Life Midtown is having their encounter weekend, which is going to be all day Saturday on May 8th. And then it's just going to spill over Sunday morning into service. So that's the weekend part of it. But that is in just three weeks. So all of the women, if you've been here one week or you've been here 10 years, you're all invited. And please register at midtown.newlifechurch.org. You'll click on the events tab, and then you'll click on register here for the kindred Uh, weekend, and any single men who might like to come and serve that weekend, we could probably find something for you to do. That was mostly a joke, like 90% that was a joke. Uh, But anyways, women, I know they have been planning this diligently for about three months already, and it is going to be fantastic. My wife will be leading worship with Aaron Florian. It's going to be a blast. So please make sure you get on and register so that they can prepare for you. Okay. It is my privilege and my honor to raise my eyebrows and welcome Mr. Cedron Smith to minister the word. Amen. He doesn't say that lightly. Raise your eyebrows. It makes your face smile. Whether you want to or not, it'll make you smile. Amen, amen, amen. Well, good morning, New Life Midtown. I love saying that. I'm going to keep saying it too. New life, midtown. You got to say it with some gusto. 
Amen, amen, amen. Woke up this morning, went outside, and just looked at those beautiful mountains, snow-capped in April. <laughs> Something about that. I'm from Texas, Houston, Texas, where we see snow once every hundred years, maybe. And here we get it almost all year long. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Isn't it awesome what the Lord does with the mountains here? You can't walk outside and just have a frown on your face. When you look in the mountains and just the majesty of what God has created, it's just so awesome. Just excited about living here in Colorado. My wife says, get to a, a warmer climate. But I love it here. I love it here. I love looking at your faces. I can barely see you because these lights are very, very, very bright. So if I'm squinting a little bit, I'm trying to see the whites of your eyes. So just raise your eyebrows and I can see you nice and clear. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Sadron Smith. And here we serve as table group leaders and elders in the house here. And uh, just excited about what's been going on at our tables, at our tables. We invite people into our homes, and we love to dig in and just eat. Because there's something about that eating just opens you up to more and greater conversation. Amen? Because uh, I like it. We come here to eat the food of the Lord, something to open up our appetites. You know, you go to people's houses, and they say, hey, just make yourself at home. Y'all do that? Anybody out here does that? Y'all say, just make yourself at home, right? Yeah, right. I don't know if you believe that. Because when I come to your house and I go upstairs and get in your bed and go to sleep, you want to, I don't know if you believe, just make yourself at home. Uh-huh. Caught you. But we can be at home here in the presence of our life-changing king. Amen? Amen? We can be at home with the Lord. You can make yourself at home here. Or if I just bust up in your refrigerator and take that last piece of pecan pie, somebody would be mad around here. Now, nah, you said, make yourself at home. That's what you said. And I'm saying that because it goes with the message. We're starting a new series. This is a second message out of Lord, teach us to pray. On the prayer that the Lord gave unto the disciples, and he was teaching them and instructing them patterns on how to pray. He gave them, in essence, a new language, a new language of prayer. He didn't just say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And the Lord just say, say whatever's on your heart. Say whatever you want to say. But he gave them a new language. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody in computers? If it's computers, there's a language to computers. You just can't go in there and just type anything you want. It's going to spit out some stuff you don't want to see. I guarantee it. But he gave them a new language to pray, and we're teaching, Lord, teach us how to pray. I just want to thank the pastoral team for allowing me the opportunity to come up here. You know, last service, I didn't say this, but I got a beautiful queen in the house, my wife. She is so encouraging, and she's a little pushy, too, but, <laughs> but she encouraged me so good this morning, you know, just, just the nerves and everything, but just the encouragement of just being who you are. I believe the Lord called us to be who we are. Be who we are. I said this first service, and I say it now. You know, I was just admiring just different people. I was listening to songs, and, I mean, it was just coming out crisp and just clean and just nice, no cracking like I do. And no cracking, just, just clean songs. I was like, Lord, that is beautiful. 
that is a beautiful song. And he said, you like that? I said, yeah, I like that. And then I listened to old Jonathan play the piano and the keys and stuff. And I really don't like coveting, but I want to cover them skills right there. <laughs> I have songs inside that need to come out. You understand what I'm saying? And he's playing with excellence. And I'm like, Lord, that is beautiful. And I believe that the word that the Lord gave me after I started admiring people, I admired a preacher. I mean, his words was just, I mean, it was wrapped up, packaged, and then delivered with such excellence. And I was like, Lord, I wish I could speak like that. That is just so awesome. But not so much to covet it, but to say, I admire what's in you. And the Lord spoke to me. It was like, you like that stuff? Yeah, I like that. I love it. And I believe that the word that he gave me for everybody in this room and, and, and looking online there is that he said, you like that? I said, yeah, I like it. He said, well, if you like that, wait to see what I'm going to do with you. That's the word of the Lord for you this morning. Wait to see what I'm going to do with you. Because I believe that the Lord cares for you. I believe that the Lord is with you. He's in you. He's with you. Amen. Receive it. Receive it. Somebody receive it. Wait till you see what I do with you. We started that new series on, Lord, teach us to pray. And pastor came out of uh, Matthew chapter 6 when he's giving him all the do's and don'ts of praying. And then he gets to this part where it says, our father. And he talked about when he said our in making everybody a part of it. Not just me, myself, and I that I'm praying for, but I'm praying for our. That means I'm praying for you. I'm praying for this city. I'm praying for people in this city. I'm praying for the lost. I'm praying for the saved. I'm praying for those who are confused. I'm praying our Father. Then he hit Father. And it's something about Father. Scott, you know what I'm talking about. It's something about Father. He prayed from the standpoint of being in the presence of the Lord. Being in the presence of our Father. And we're going to get into that just a little bit more this morning. But I'm excited about what God is doing. I believe that he's telling us to become more intimate with him. Are y'all in here? I got to step out just a little bit under the lights. You know, I'm used to people saying, yeah, all right. Oh, no, boo, that ain't it. Something. Let me hear something. Amen. Amen. Say, if you can't say something, say amen. I know everybody can say that. But again, it began to teach us on how that when we pray our Father, it's a communication between us and the Father. And most of the time when I get up here, I always talk about my Father, my earthly Father. He's gone on to be with the Lord 2010. Very sad time for me because being in the military, I was in for 23 years. I'm going to keep saying that. I've been in for 23 years, three years too long. I don't know what it was. I should have got out three years prior, but I was in for 23 years. And every morning before PT, I would get up and I would call him on the phone and I would say, hey, did I wake you? And he was like, no, I've been up since three o'clock. And I'm like, that's where that anointing came from. <laughs> Getting up at three o'clock every morning. It's like an alarm clock inside my head and just say, my eyes just pop open at three o'clock in the morning, every morning. My wife is upset. She's like, you woke me up again. I'm sorry. My bad. But get up and spend time with the Father. And that was my special time with spending with my Father. 
You know, in the beginning of our relationship, he was daddy, and you do what daddy say do. Or your hind part is going to receive some type of correction. <laughs> and then it, it morphed into a friendship. It morphed into something that when I, when I spoke to him, now I'm receiving not so much as father, son, but as friend. And I believe that the Lord is teaching us and inviting us into this space. Our reading comes from Luke chapter 10. And we're going to start here in verse uh, 38. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version. I'm old school, guys. Y'all forgive me. I like the KJV. I like the these, those, and thous. I started understanding them about 10 years ago, so we just <laughs> stick there. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because you can get wrapped up in some thou, this, this. Like, what? What an amplified version is. But... <laughs> It said, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus. I'm sorry, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. Sometimes I mix it up, but y'all know what I mean. Amen. It's up there. And it says, Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? that my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha. Two times. Not just one time, two times. You better pay attention to what he's saying. If he say anything twice, it's definitely, it's like stomping when you got to take that test and your teacher's teaching you something and they stomp after they says, Martha, Martha. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Everybody say that. Lord, teach us to pray. Come on, say it with some conviction. Lord, teach us to pray. One more time. Lord, teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples. So he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who has sinned, who is indebted to us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Here we have Martha and Mary, and they have invited Jesus into Martha's house. And he comes in, and Martha is just busy moving and moving and just doing things. I can, I can see him preparing the meal, picking up stuff that's just laying around so it'll be nice and neat, moving stuff out of the way. You know, my children, they like to leave stuff everywhere. So, you know, when company come over, you got to hurry up and scramble and move some stuff out the way. And I can see her doing this. And I can see Jesus sitting in a chair, and he's just talking. And Mary's down there just soaking up everything he's saying. And he's deep in thought. And then all of a sudden, he get a touch on the shoulder. Don't you care that she ain't helping me here? If it was me, I'd be like, you just messed up my message. 
You just interrupted me. I didn't lost my train of thought. You know what I'm saying? What are you doing? What are you doing? What do you mean? This is your house. What do you mean asking somebody else to help you? That would have probably been me. But that wasn't Jesus. Jesus, I could see him saying, come here, sugar. Come here, sweetheart. Come here, Martha. Martha, Martha. Come here, baby. It's okay. I can see him doing that. Just with love and, 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 and kindness. My wife told me today that I've gotten a little kinder. You know, being in the military, click those heels, stand at, at attention, parade rest. You got to hold your face in such a, such a way. You know, and for years here in this ministry, I've been like that. You just hold your face in such a way. That way people won't just say anything to you, you know. You know, you hold your face, you're like, I ain't talking to him. Let me go over here. <laughs> but I start practicing in the mirror. Raise your eyebrows and make your face smile. And hopefully I've been working on it. Amen. But he, he was kind to her. And he said, in, in essence, you're distracted. By many things. Relax. It's going to be okay. Mary is doing what is needed. She is listening. She is listening to the word that I'm speaking out of my mouth because this is life that you're going to need for the rest of your life. And then the disciples, he, Jesus goes to a certain place and he begins to pray. He had a set time of prayer, and the disciples are watching him. And they're like, man, when he comes out, something is happening here. Every time Jesus went into prayer and he came out, he healed somebody. Every time he went into prayer, something miraculous took place. Every time he went into prayer, he had this relationship between him and the Father that was like, man, I want this. This is my sanctified mind, reading these scriptures. And he said, Lord, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. Here we go again. Teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. If it was me, if it was me, I'd be like, what are you doing in John's camp? Why are you watching his people? What's going on over here? But he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He said, when you pray say and we're learning that number one there is a time to pray he didn't say if you pray he said when you pray that means that we should be praying Jesus prayed all the time all the time on every occasion he's in prayer it wasn't a task for him it was a relationship for him when you pray, say. And once again, he didn't just say, say whatever's in your heart. God knows my heart. I just pray whatever's in there and God will sort it all out and just give me what I want. No, he gave them a pattern. He gave them a way to pray. He gave them something to say. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is he saying? Here we have Martha asking a question. Lord, do you care? How many times do we go through life and we ask the question, Lord, do you care? Do you care? I have no food in my refrigerator. Pantries are empty. Lord, do you care? 
I was passed over for promotion. I was in Iraq in 2005, and I had put in a packet to become a warrant officer, which is a significant promotion from where I was at that time. I checked off every block that I can check off. I did everything. I did the dance. I did all that they wanted me to do to get this promotion. I'm looking at other people who put their packets in. I'm better than you. Pride, you know. It's in my heart. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to do it. And I get the instructions back, and it says, fully qualified, none selected. Lord, do you care? I thought that I was your son. I thought that I was a Christian. I thought, Lord, do you care? How many times do we juggle that around in our minds when things don't go the way that we want them to go? How many times that when we're in the struggles of being busy about different things, we ask the question, Lord, do you care? He cares. We have to realize that he cares. Martha, Martha, come here, sweetie. I care. He cares. You're distracted by many different things. Lord, do you care? My own children. We have five of them, ranging from 26 to 6. And it's not the older ones. It's those younger ones. I guess they know that we're tired from all the other ones. You know, you tell them to do something, and their arguments are so great. And you're listening to reason, and it's like, man, yes, you got a point. But I don't say that. I revert back to, because I told you to. The arguments are like that. No, I did this because of this. I'm like, man, I got some lawyers here. Now get in there and do what I told you to do. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But then when they don't get their way, my daughter has a way of just pulling on some heart strings. She know I love her. She know I love her. She's probably the one that really calmed me down. She was like, you don't even care about me. Aww. Get in there and do what I told you to do. <laughs> but she has a way of doing that, you know, and I, and I feel like we do too. Lord, do you care about me because of what I'm going through, what I desire, what I want? Lord, do you say, what does that have to do with hallowed be thy name? Hallowed be thy name is the second portion of this. Lord, do you care? I think that's important. Or do we have our eyes on other camps like the disciples had on John's camp? What are they doing? They look successful in what's happening with them. John is teaching them about praying. How come you're not teaching us? What kind of questions of doubt enter into our minds? Lord, do you care? Jesus is giving us a pattern on how to pray, but he's doing something a little bit more important than that. He's bringing us into an intimate relationship with the Father. An intimate relationship with the Father. Jesus is the only one who said Father when he prayed. You go back and read in the Old Testament and find me one of the prophets or anybody when they prayed, did they say Father? None of them. They all said what? God. Lord God. They always said these, these, these words, which are good words, but what does it do? It, 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 it almost gives us a big gulf between us. 
if I say God, it's almost like he's out there and I'm way over here. Where's the relationship in that? If you look at the 23rd Psalms, y'all know it. Everybody learned it. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. We have David, a man after God's own heart. And I don't see him saying, Father. I see him saying, Lord, which is Adonai, the one that leads me. He is my shepherd. Even when you think about shepherd, the next thing you think about is what? Sheep. What kind of relationship is there between shepherd and sheep? The only way, the only thing the sheep is looking from from the shepherd is being led to green pastures so they can graze, so they can eat, so they can fulfill their needs. That shepherd can have a conversation with that sheep, but it'll be one direction. I mean, you might get a bad out of it. You know, you might get something out of it. Right. But there's no intimacy like a father with a son or a father with a daughter. There's no intimacy there. It's only lead me to where I need to be fed, where I need to be nourished, where I need to. There's no transaction there between the father and son, the father and daughter. Even he prayed, Lord. God, that's a designation. Lord. Lord, that's a position. But Father is personal. Father is intimate. Father is right where we are. You can relate to Father because that's close. But when I pray God, it's almost like I'm wishing. Are y'all in here? Oh, man, I can hear y'all thinking. It's almost like I'm wishing when I pray. God. I'm asking for this and how large of a gulf between us when they say God. There's nothing wrong with that, but just just hear what I'm saying. There's no intimacy there. And Jesus is bringing us into intimacy with the Father, our Father. Do you care? Yes, I care. I'm with you. We give him the names and these uh, attributes of his character But he is our father. He is with us. Amen. I didn't got off my notes. Y'all forgive me. So he says, when you say, when you pray, say, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the message today. And it's not long here before you. But the hallowed part, when it talks about hallowed, you know, when you do a study on that word, it just simply means to make sacred, to set apart, to make holy. Why does he say, hallowed be thy name? What name is he talking about? Have you ever thought about that? Because we got a lot of names that we call the Lord. We got a lot of names. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh. We got all these names that we call him Lord, Lord God, Father God. What name is he, is he focusing in on right here? It's a new name that he's given unto his disciples to pray. John chapter 17, we say that this is the Lord's prayer here in Luke chapter 11, but that's the prayer that he gave to his disciples. That's the pattern that he gave to us. But John chapter 17, you will see the Lord actually praying. 
So John chapter 17, verse 1, it says, And Jesus spoke these words and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, notice how he prays. Every time you see Jesus in intimate conversation with the Father, it's always Father. It's always Father. It's never God. The only time you see him saying God is when he's on the cross. And he says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Why? Because he didn't want that to get mixed up with who Father is. The Father will never forsake us. The Father will never forsake us. Father, intimacy, relationship, closeness, no longer far away, God, this vast thing. No, it's Father. Who is Father? Who is he? Notice what he says here. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may, be, may glorify you. Look at verse 6. He says, I have manifested your name to the men. He says that he has manifested his name to the men. That he, that, and the rest of the verse goes on. But he said he's manifested his name. That word manifest is phanero. To bring into light, to bring into and to reveal something. He revealed the fullness of who the Father is. When you look over the life of Jesus and you begin to see that when he fed the 4,000, when he fed the 5,000, he revealed that Father is our shepherd. Father is the one that will feed us. Father is the one that will lead us. When he healed the sick, Father is the one that will heal us. He manifested who the Father is. All you got to do is search his life out. But all that is capped up in, hallowed be thy name. What name? And that's the name Father. Been talking about it all day. Father. That's who he's bringing us in close proximity with. Father. Because every name that you've heard about him, the attributes about who he is, it all comes back to Father. But he says, make that name sacred. In your mind, in your heart, in your very being. Why do I say that? Because when he says, Father, here we have Martha saying, do you not care? But when you say, Father, you know Father knows best. You know Father cares. You're making his name holy. What that means that I remember growing up, and, and when I moved from Houston to, to Georgia there, uh, people love music. I mean, they loved music. It was like, you can talk about my mama. You can talk about my money, but don't talk about my music. This was the type of crew that I was around all the time. They would listen to East Coast music, West Coast music, and they have these feuds between themselves about music. They was making that thing holy to them. They wasn't allowing you to talk about their musician or their rap star or whoever they are. They was making it holy. I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about. It was like, uh, uh, I ain't going to talk about nobody's music here. Them fighting words right there. You know, and, and, and it made it where they knew these people so, in, they never met them. Never met these artists. But they knew them through their music. And it became so holy to them that they didn't let anybody say anything about them. They didn't let anything touch them. What would happen if we will make 
father so holy in our minds that we won't even let the thoughts that come against his character, his nature, touch him. That we will speak against him. There might be fighting words. What do you mean he's not going to supply my needs? I know who father is. What would happen if we would change our posture when we pray and we say, Father, because we know that he's going to answer. We know that he knows what we need before we ask for it. We know that he's listening to us. Father. Father. My grandmother, and I talk about her, uh, she had uh, 14 children. So you can imagine how many cousins I had running around. I went to Thanksgiving a few years ago, and I brought Tamara, and she saw this big family, and she was like, who is that? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I had to ask her, what's your mother's name? What's your daddy's name? Oh, you belong to such and such. And I'm like, you know, they just keep multiplying. Just multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. I got so many relatives. Some of them, if I ran into them today, I'd be like, I'm meeting you for the first time. But she had so many children, so many grandchildren, great-grandchildren before she passed away. She had multiple strokes. But she was so revered. They call her mother. We call her mother. You know, when you say mother, it was like everybody snapped to attention. I remember one time I did not obey what mother told me to do. And it was after she had a second stroke. She was in a wheelchair. And I was young, young and dumb. Okay? <laughs> And she said, hey, come here and do this. And I was like, I ain't doing that. She can't catch me. I'm not doing that. And one day, the next day, the next day, mother got that wheelchair. She scooted right next to me. And I'm unaware. I forgot. When you disobedient, sometimes you forget. Don't forget. She scooted next to me, and she, with her strong hand, pinched me underneath my arm and would not let go. I couldn't talk. I couldn't scream. You know, I couldn't move. And she just held on to it, and she said, next time I tell you <laughs> to do something, you need to do it. I didn't reverence her. <laughs> I didn't make her name holy. <laughs> I disrespected her, and then she finally let me go. But when, when, then she had another stroke, and her voice got really, really weak, almost like a whisper. And she had a room in the middle of this house, and I was sitting at the table with one of my cousins who actually lived with her, and she just jumped up and ran out. And I was like, where's she going? And come to find out, my grandmother had called her in such a still small voice that I couldn't hear it. I wasn't in that type of relationship with her where I can hear her voice. I didn't live with her. I, didn't, I wasn't there in that, in that home where you can just hear that still voice. She would say, she would say hey, come help. And it will be just low, but my, my cousin, she heard it. She'd jump up and she'd run to her. What am I saying? They made her to where she was very respected. So much so, they kept an ear out to hear if she would call. What would happen if we so respect and so revere the Father 
that when he speaks to us in that still, small voice, we run to see him. We lean forward and we ask, hey, what are you saying? What do you need? Help me. We get to that point where we so revere it that we want to let our only thoughts come in our minds and ask the question, Lord, do you care? When else did we hear that? The disciples on the boat. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. He said the word. He went down in the stern and went to sleep on a pillow. Thought that was interesting. He slept on a pillow. Did he bring his own pillow? I don't know. But he slept on a pillow and he went to sleep. Did they have pillows in the boat? I don't know. And he was sleeping. Then all of a sudden the wind rose up and the waves and the water was just in the boat and the disciples like, man, we, we about to die. They go downstairs and interrupt the man's sleep. Do you care if we perish? What happens when the father, and we revere him so much, we honor him so much, we make his name holy so to the point that we won't ask that question, Lord, do you care? Because we know he cares. We know he is with us. We know he is for us. We hallowed his name. We make his name holy. We don't get him confused with that one that comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. No, he's a good father. He comes to give us life and life more abundantly. We replace those thoughts of orphanism, being an orphan. Because that's, a, that's what it is, being not a part of a family. Growing up in school, it was the same thing for us. Me and my brother, we just get to, I have a twin brother. He's taller, darker, and more handsome. But I have a twin brother, and I'm the oldest, though. So remember that. <laughs> but, uh, and we get to this school, and we don't know anybody that's there. We try to fit in this group, can't fit in this group. Try to fit in that group, can't fit in that group. Right? Are we good enough to be a part? Can we move in and be a part of this? Are we good enough? No, you are a part of this family. You are welcome. You are provided for. Why? Because he is father. He's father. We don't have those thoughts in our minds that does he care? Yes, the Lord cares for us. Amen. Amen. To set apart, to make holy. His name. He says that he has manifested his name. He has shown us who he is through Jesus. I encourage us that when we get on our face at our set time of prayer, that we replace these words that are so far from us. We understand what's mean and God understands it, but let's bring him close to us. Let's bring him close to where we say, Father, our Father. Let that be the first thing. I, let's make that name holy. Let's reverend who he is, our father. And I guarantee you, your intimacy will be better. Your closeness will be better. No more questioning who he is because I believe that it does two things. Number one, it invites us. When we say, hallowed be thy name, it invites us into intimacy with the father. It invites us to learn more about who he is through his word. Hallowed be thy name. And not only that, it's a declaration of who he is. He's holy. 
It brings us into intimacy with him. And then we declare, you are our father. Something happens when you get possessive about a thing. It becomes your own. It's not just her father, his father. It's our father. You know, that word, Abba, father, was only for those who was a part of a certain family. I know my children, they'll be looking at somebody crazy if somebody came up to me and said, hey, daddy. They'd be like, I don't know who you think you are. You know what I'm saying? Because our family, that's daddy is for our family. And it's the same thing with our father. There's a word that God gave me. And he gave me this word. And, and I believe that this word is for us and how we enter in. And he said, executive access. Executive access. What does that mean? You have access to get into anything that belongs to the father. Executive access. We have in the military executive officers. You can't keep them out of nowhere. They have keys for everything. They can come in and go unannounced in any area of that organization. They are there to execute plans. Executive access. And I believe that God has given us executive access to him, the Father. We can ask him what we will in Jesus' name, and we'll have it. We can pray to him and become more intimate because we got executive access. If my child came to me and asked me for something, they have executive access. They take it, too. If they were sitting in here, they'll run up and be like, Dad, I'm hungry. I'm like, you didn't mess up my message. I'm sitting on the stage here. Why? Because they know that they have this executive access. Let us walk in our authority. Let us pray unto the Father with intimacy. And let us declare that he is Father. Amen? Amen. Jonathan is coming up. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to have communion here. And I just want to pray before we do this. We're standing on our feet. Father, we just thank you. Hallowed be thy name. Your name is holy. Your name is set apart. Your name is sacred. Father, when we pray, we bring you closer to us. No longer are you out in the distance. No longer are we just praying to the air. But God, we're praying to our Holy Father. Our Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you, the Lord, that yes, the three things that our pastor has declared over us and that is to have an encounter with you to be in formation with you and to be on mission for you father we just thank you we give your name glory for what you have taught us today we thank you the lord that we can come before you and demonstrate that you are our lord we demonstrate that your body was broken and bruised for us your blood your blood was shed for us in our salvation and we just give your name glory honor and praise if you would you can exit your rows to the left and come and receive these sacraments
I always look forward to eating this. But thank God we know what it represents. Amen. I can eat it now. I hope nobody would have this for dinner, but amen. Bless the Lord. We take this bread in our hands, signifying that his body was bruised for us. It was broken for us. It was beating for us. And Father, we just thank you that when we do this, we do this in remembrance of you and who you are and what you have done for us. And your body was bruised and broken so that we can come into close relationship and fellowship with the Father. So, Father, as we break this bread and we take of it, we remember you in Jesus' name. family my wife and I and our children we take the cup and we place it over our heads and my my children ask why are we doing that and it signifies from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet that we are healed healthy blessed and prosperous but most importantly that Jesus blood was shed for us not just part of us not just a piece of us but all of us and we hold it dear, we hold it holy, we hold it over our heads that we will forever be in remembrance of what he did for us. He shed his blood on that old rugged cross called Calvary. He did it because of his love for us. He did it because he wanted us to be in tune with the Father and to have relationship with him. So we just thank you, dear Lord, for your blood, how it flows and how it covers us. And we give your name glory as we drink this in remembrance of you. I'm going to sing the doxology here. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him. cause his face to shine upon you the brightness of his glory and may we come into the revelation of who he is may we make his name holy may we understand realize and recognize that he is our father so go and show forth the father in this nation and in your areas and be empowered in the power of the holy spirit and it's in jesus name we pray amen amen, amen. you are dismissed